There are roughly 113 million men over the age of 15 in America today. And around half of them would proclaim or say that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. However, out of that number, only 1 in 18 would say that they pursue a vibrant relationship with Christ. Let me put it to you this way. Just because he says he believes in God doesn't mean that he's the one for you. Because over half of them would tell you that they believe. As many as 7 out of 10 men in America view pornography on a regular basis. However, those who are happily married are 61% less likely to view porn. And those who regularly attend church are 26% less likely than those who don't. Last year, men spent $83 billion on beer, $69 billion on lottery tickets, $11 billion on porn, $6 billion at Taco Bell, and $5 billion on college sports merchandise. It's estimated that roughly 30 to 60% of married individuals will engage in infidelity at some point in time during their marriage. And that number is increasing for those under the age of 30. And experts believe that this is because of opportunity, meaning time spent away from their spouse. And also the fact that they probably had multiple sexual partners before they were married. We know that just as many Christians get divorced as non-Christians, leaving American families that are truly nuclear at an appalling 23%. One study surveyed 20,000 men and asked the question, okay, you ready for this? Would you rather have sex every single day for the rest of your life with someone that you're not emotionally connected to or sex twice a week with someone you love? And the numbers might shock you a little bit. 91%. 9 out of 10. So that's pretty much everybody. 91% said that they would rather have less sex with someone they loved than a guaranteed hookup every single day for the rest of their lives. So here we are. And you need to know something about me before we go any further. I am not a man-hater. In fact, I think you're pretty awesome. I don't have daddy issues, and I'm married to a great man, and I'm surrounded by good, godly examples. I don't buy into the cultural hype that you're doomed to fail, that you can't keep it together, right? That you're the overweight, idiotic, dumb guy portrayed on sitcoms. I just don't buy it. In fact, I think you are more than capable of being the hero that you want to be. I think that you want to leave a legacy that is powerful and honorable. I don't think that any of you would say, I want to be one of those statistics. That's what I'm aiming for. I think that every single one of you, the fact that you would choose an emotional connection over a bankrupt hookup, encourages me. It encourages me. And I have to admit, I was a little bit intimidated when I found out that I was going to have a little boy. I know what girl world looks like. I've got a sister. I've got two daughters. And it was terrifying to think that I was going to have to raise a man. 
And then I had a moment of clarity and realized, why in the world am I so terrified when there are so many awesome, godly examples everywhere that I look, the relationships that I have, the men in my life, they're doing it right. And that is encouraging. When you hear statistics like those that I just read, you may want to feel hopeless. You may want to think that it's just impossible. Is every guy doomed to mess up in some way or another? And I'm here today to tell you, I just don't think that that's true. I just don't think that that is the case. So any marriage book, any marriage conference or counselor that you would pay for is going to be worth their weight in what you paid if they tell you that, husbands, you should love your wives the way that Christ loved the church. But the problem is we don't know exactly what that word love means. We struggle. And something that we've been trying to kind of clarify through this series is to put a better grasp on what it actually means and looks like to love. Throughout this series, we've said that love is not a noun, contrary to popular belief, right? All of us who want to buy into this notion of falling in love or falling out of love and love being something that we're trying so desperately to hold on to. And we've tried to clearly establish that love is something that you do. It's an action. You have to make love, mm-hmm. in a sense. <laughs> That's good. Preach that. It's not something that you drop one day along the journey and forget how to pick it back up. It's something that you work at and that you experience and that you do. It's a verb. And we've said that to feel love, you've got to give love the way that your spouse feels most loved. And last week, Jason shared so um, succinctly, so poignantly, that we've got to be quiet, ladies. We've got to stop complaining, right? And we've got to let our man know that we're interested in him and that we're not just putting up with sex, but that it's something that we actually enjoy and want to participate in. And he said that we've got to build our men up, right? So today, we're going to talk about what it looks like for husbands to truly love their wives. And again, I would just state that that word love has a lot of problems for us. See, the problem is your wife has a tough time distinguishing between how much you love football and how much you love money and how much you love your grill and how much you love us. It's a tricky word. And so my goal today, my hope for today, is that maybe I can uh, put a little clarity in there for you guys and help you understand that love is synonymous with us, for us, with words like special, valuable, honorable. I don't want to feel like you love me the way you love pizza. (laughs) Right? I want you to love your wives. And some of you would say, I'll love my wife. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I mean. It requires some action. It requires some intentionality. And so I want us to, to talk about and dig into what that might look like. What does it look like to make your wife feel special, to really, truly value her. And there's a scripture that I feel like lies, lays, lies, lays, sorry, excuse me, lays this out for us. There's the English teacher, lay, lie, lane. Um, lays it out for you perfectly. Here it is, Proverbs 31, 
verses 10 through 12 says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Now, when you're reading this scripture, a wife of noble character who can find it may feel like she's not out there. But if she's being compared to rubies, that means she's out there. She just is rare and precious and she's valuable. And I'm willing to bet that there was some time in your life, in your relationship, where you did feel like she was the most valuable possession that you could ever have. And I'll prove it to you. You spent a lot of money on her, and you bought a ring, and you got down on one knee, and you asked her to marry you. And on that day, you looked at your soon-to-be wife, and there was nothing more precious But over time, just like anything that depreciates in value because of time or wear or, quite frankly, just that loss of newness, we began to feel unappreciated, devalued, no longer special, and common. Not rare. Not like a ruby. Not like something that you worked really hard to get. And here's what's so crazy. The scripture doesn't compare us to um, a fancy car or a big screen TV or something that depreciates over time. The metaphor, the comparison is to something that actually not only maintains its value, but over the course of time probably appreciates in value. Becomes more special, more expensive, more rare. And I think that that's where we want to start out today. So take a breath. I'm not here to beat you over the head. I'm not here to make you feel awful. In fact, I think you're probably doing a lot of things really, really well. But there's a lot of pressure. I got to just tell you, there's a whole lot of pressure to be the woman up here saying, this is probably what your wife wishes she could tell you. So if if you disagree, go for it. You You can have that conversation in the car. But I do feel like that there's a couple of points um, that we want to talk through. And here's where it would be different. Obviously, my style is going to be a little bit different than Jason's last week. He was very clear and very good at telling us wives what we can do or stop doing to help our man feel loved. The problem is, if you know anything about girls, we're pretty emotional, right? (laughs) Right. So the statements that I have for you today that I want to share with you are really more about kind of maybe trying to put all of that messy, you know, if you want to call it mood swings or just changing uh, highs and lows that you maybe feel like your woman um, experiences multiple times a day, depending on (laughs) who you're married to. If we can try to put some of that um, into words, I think maybe it'll it'll give you a little bit of insight into how we are and and what we think and and maybe give some of your wives a little bit of courage um, to talk to you about some of these things. So, Without further ado, our first big statement that we're dying to say is, I worry that one day you won't find me interesting. I worry that one day, after all of our time together, 
after all of our conversations and raising kids and living life and, and the day-to-day that you, you men are just, you're, you're not going to find me interesting anymore. And we want to start there. Um, I, I feel like I want to say with as much passion and intensity as I possibly can, I worry that I have to worry about every secretary and flight attendant and waitress that comes across your path. And quite frankly, it's just a little bit, that's exhausting. I feel like I have to fight for your attention. I feel like because you see me changing diapers and you see me um, with no makeup on and you see me in my sweatpants and it's three o'clock in the afternoon, that I'm just not as interesting as maybe I was when I was getting fixed up for you on a Saturday night and you were picking me up looking my best. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. So help me out here, babe. What's, well, what's the deal? Okay, so part of the problem is that as a man, you are never more attractive than when you're confident. Okay. And you're leading off number one by saying that you lack confidence. And so like, it's, we struggle sometimes as husbands <clears throat> like, <clears throat> because you, you, okay, so you say to us, you're not going to find me interesting. And my response to you as a meat and potatoes kind of guy is like, I find you interesting. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I married you. Of course you're interesting. <laughs> you, know, I'm like, you know what I mean? And so when, when we were actually talking through this, um, you know, Andrea's kind of, you know, giving me all the points. And, like, she got done, and I was like, that was beautiful. What do I do with that? Like, can you give me, like, what do I do Monday at 10 o'clock? Like, what do I say? Give me that line. You know what I'm talking about, guys. It's like, you're here hoping that we give you three conversation starters that solve all the problems, right? Right. And, uh, and Andrea's like, but this is how we feel. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> right? I, I don't know what to do with that. And so I think that's the biggest struggle for us as guys, uh, Andrea, is that you say, we, you won't be interested, or we won't be interested in you, and we respond back by saying, but we are. <laughs> so what are some things that we can do to let you know that we're still interested? Because I get where you're coming from, because we talked longer when we were dating, we stayed on the phone longer, we had conversations about nothing, we weren't <laughs> in a hurry, we weren't trying to get somewhere. Right. Now, not as much, right. but, it, but as a guy, it doesn't feel like I've lost interest in you, mm-hmm. but I'm giving that message somehow. Right. How, what are some ways, help the guys out, what are some ways that we can let you know, not just give the impression, we're not trying to fake you, right. fake it out, like we really want you to know we are interested, but how can we show that? Well, I think it's actually really simple, like ask your wife, what are you interested in, right? Let her tell a story and tell all of the story. Oh, um, I, I feel, and maybe, I know, I'm a talker, I'm sorry. Um, I told Jason, I said, the reason that I feel like I'm always having to compete for your attention is because I am. It's so easy for you to watch six hours of football uninterrupted, and nobody has to convince you to be interested in that. But I feel like my five-minute story about something that happened with my coworker is like, you lost me a yeah. minute and a half in, you know? And so we, we, we know that you can, like, hold your attention, right? You know, we know that there are things that you are passionate about. Um, and we just, we want to be on that list somewhere. I think, so, I mean, I, if we're really trying to boil it down to, like, one kind of principle, one statement, I think it's the art of listening. Yes. That if, if you feel like I am really listening to you. Right. And I'm, I'm not just putting in time, but, like, I genuinely want to know how you felt, how your day went, 
why that conversation on the phone upset you, why your mom was a jerk, you know, yeah. but not to fix it, right. but just to listen and to really, like, you go, oh my gosh, he does care about me. Yeah. He is interested. But as a fixer, mm -hmm. I'm wired to be a fixer. So, like, 80 seconds into our conversation, I can already tell you how to solve the problem. You know, it's like, call her back and tell her this. <laughs> conversation over. Let's move on. Right. right? But that doesn't, that's not the way you feel the most. Am I the only one, guys, who feels that way? Or? Okay. If you want to keep talking for 30 more minutes, that's fine. 90 seconds in, I can tell you how to fix it, right? Oh, my heavens. But, but it's to feel love, you got to give love the way you, that your spouse feels most loved. Right. And me fixing your problems yeah. does not make you feel most loved. Me listening to how you feel Absolutely. makes you feel way more love than me fixing your problems. Absolutely. And I, would, I think that this whole valuing your wife is such a big deal that I would say if you could peel back the layers of any fight, any disagreement that you have ever had, it boils down to some aspect of you not valuing her. Let me give you an example, okay? You, we'll take an easy one. You are fighting about taking out the trash. He didn't do it. You're upset. This is a problem. If I, and I'm no psychologist, but if you peeled those layers back, you would probably discover that she feels devalued that you didn't do what she asked you to do. You didn't honor her request. You didn't listen enough to make what she thought was important, important. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, and, and I think that... I don't, at, at the time, I don't feel like that's why I'm not doing it. Right. I'm just tired. I'm distracted. Right. But you feel devalued because... Yes. Why is it that when I ask you to do something, it doesn't get priority? Which is gonna, we're going to get to that in a second. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's exactly right. So another area, another, so our first statement is, I, I worry that one day you won't find me interesting. And I, I think, and again, your wife can correct me um, in the car on the way home. I'm completely fine with that. But I honestly feel like at a core level, every woman worries that the mystery, the intrigue, the appeal, the ability to be captivating is not going to last. Okay, let me say one more thing about that. Yes, please. Okay, so here's what's so frustrating about men who cheat on their wives. Okay. Let's just go. Let's, Let's just, just talk say about that. that. Okay. What's frustrating is that they find the mistress incredibly interesting. Ugh. Okay, so we've had some <laughs> friends who have gone down this path, unfortunately. And in the instances where this has happened, like, the guy is a cheapskate and won't spend any money on his wife, but since... $200 worth of flowers to the mistress. Can't even begin to tell. Can't get a 30-minute so conversation after the kids go to bed, but can spend a weekend with the mistress in a cabin in the woods talking and making love and spending time together, whatever it is, right. right? And so that's where that insecurity comes from. Like, if guys had a great track record, then fine, you're being unreasonable. Right. Fine, you, you're overreacting. But we have a terrible track record, fellas, okay? We, we do tend to make that mistake, and so... It's frustrating for you because you go, okay, am I only interesting up front? Right. Is it possible to be interested in me long term? And I know we set as a goal, but it's not that we've mastered this, but like we want to be 40 and 50 and 60 years old and still be interested in one another. Yeah. We even have conversations. You go out to a restaurant and you see the 60-year-old couple and what? They're not talking. Yeah. Right? They're just sitting there eating dinner and you want so much to know that your, your marriage would... Here, here's an idea. Be even more vibrant. Right. 20, 20 years, 30 years it down It sounds there. terrible to say this, but there are times when Andrew and I will go <laughs> eat and we'll see a couple like on the same side of the booth and the guy's like totally into her and we'll say, 
think they're having an affair. <laughs> yeah. It sounds awful. Yeah. But like, you, you just do. don't see that. You know, it makes me think of like, uh, like you should cheat on your spouse with your spouse. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, what's make the, your spouse your mistress. What's the pina colada song, right? Like, I'm gonna take out an ad, and then it ends up being her, right? right. What a great, what a great notion. What a great, great idea. <laughs> I mean, not to take you. out the ad necessarily. <laughs> don't do that. Don't Necess- do that. That's not necessarily right, a good I'm idea. I'm sorry. We're not encouraging <laughs> you to take out ads. Sorry. That's not the advice That's for the marriage That's not the series. advice. Okay, so. So my, my point yes. in saying that, sorry. My point no, in saying fine. that was that's where the insecurity comes yes. from. That's where the lack of confidence comes from because you know yeah. that if I decided tomorrow to leave you, you know, in a hypothetical world, that I would be so interested in the next person. Oh, my heavens. You know that it's not this inability of me to have interest. It's that it seems like you can't get that out of me. And what we also know is that the, the areas where guys are passionate, we have to pull you back. We have to rein you in. If you're passionate about your job, about hobbies, about, you know, your Model T, whatever, antique car, what, like whatever it is, we have to pull you back. So it just feels a little unfair, unbalanced, you know. Guys don't have a passion problem. No. At all. No, right, exactly. Which kind of leads us to our second statement. So the next statement is, I feel like everybody else gets the best of you and I get what's left of you. Say that one again. That's good. The reality of where we're at is I feel like everybody else, everybody else gets the best of you and I just get what's left of you. And that is frustrating. That That's disheartening. This is one we really struggle with. Yeah. Because I'm in a, I'm in a profession that requires me to, to be available, to kind of give my best. To, to be to, on all right. the time. Like I don't get to be off necessarily. And so there are times where because I feel like, and it's not just because of my job, whatever your job is, guys. And, and wives, let me kind of explain how, how the guy's mind is working. We got up in the morning. We went to the office all day. We're going, we're going, we're needed, we're you know, and we do feel some satisfaction in that, but we're going, and when we get home, we just want to be done. Like, I'm just tired. Like, yeah, if I need to go put gas in the car, fine. You know, if I got to put the kids to bed, fine. But like, I've been doing all day and I'm home now and I just don't, I, I, my tank is kind of empty. And so what it translates to is you're willing to work hard to impress everyone else, but you don't have any desire to impress me right? I still want to be wooed and cared for, and I want to know that you care what my opinion of you is, and so you're working to still impress me. And if you want to add value, that's what we're talking about, right? Adding value to your wife, finding ways to value her, not just saying, well, I love you, or of course I'm interested in you, but actually doing um, actions that will add value. That is one way. Working to impress your wife instead of working to impress everyone else all the time. So here's some ways that we've tried to work on this. Not, okay. we, we've not gotten this great yet, but some ways that we've worked on this is I will try to be off the phone when I walk into the house um, because I, you know, I'll be in a conversation with somebody and, and I want to be all in family and done with job when I walk into the house. We've, we've tried to really prioritize that like four to six o'clock hour. Our, our hours are a little bit different than maybe your hours are. I'm actually home first before she is because she has to wait to pick up Sadie. So I've started cooking dinner. That's a, that's a reversal we've made in our house. So when, when she gets home, dinner's on the table. Come on, ladies. Come on, Amen somebody. That right that's there. right. That's right. 
I clean up, I do the dishes, right. but it's done when I it's get home. It's not the most incredible meal in the world. It's a meat and rice aroni, <laughs> but that's all right because food is on the table. Come on. Um, so that window when you're tired because you're getting home from working, but I would even say if you're if there's a stay-at-home mom in the mix, right. like guys, it's and I know you've had this conversation, but it's not that she's been home all day, so she's been able to relax, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so we've said, okay, I'm going to walk into the house fresh, yeah. and then for that four to six hour, like I don't get to go to the recliner and chill until we're through that dinner time, right. and we've kind of figured out what we're doing with the kids. We're really passionate about like it's adult time so kids go spend 30 minutes or 45 minutes in the playroom yeah. we're catching our breath here and this was a huge fight for us several years into our marriage you know I would say obviously I'm a talker I want to have a conversation with you I want and he's like I'm just I don't like do that I just don't share details and I'm like that's not true you told your dad the entire story on the phone I'll you know? drive home from the office and tell my dad all the details I'm like, and then I get home like I want to talk about it. I've already talked about it yeah, so it's not that he's not a talker. It's not that he isn't able to, you know, share. Um, it felt like to me for a long time, your dad, your friend, your other pastor friends, your, you know, brother, whoever the case, you know, whoever it is, like, you do talk. You give them, you're funny around them, and you're, and you're energetic and excited when you're in a, in a conversation with them. I want that to be me. So... The first point, guys, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to help you guys to give you actual actions, okay? Not just feelings. The first one we said, listen, really be interested in listening. The second one is all about effort in the areas where she's asking for effort, okay? So, and we're going to talk about providing for in just a second. But, like, it's awesome that you came home and put air in her tires. That's awesome. <laughs> and I know that means a lot to you. Unless she's on the side of the flat tire, she's not even probably even thinking about the fact that you, like, she's not, she would rather you come home and take the kids away and give her five seconds of peace and quiet or come make on, dinner come on. or clean the dishes than put air in the tires. But in your mind, you're like, man, air in the tires, that's valuable. You know, that's important. <laughs> air in the tires, you know, and you're like, it's like, okay, but this is where I need your best. Yeah. We're trying to help you cash in, right? Like, let's put it into money terms. If putting air in the tires is $1, Taking the kids and giving her a break is like 5 or $10, you right. know what I'm saying? So it's not that she doesn't appreciate or, or that that isn't a way of you taking care of her or making sure that her needs are being met. It's just we're trying to get you to cash in on that. And I know it sounds, <laughs> it sounds so basic. It really sounds so basic. But if you will be on giving maximum effort the first hour you get home from work, all the dominoes will fall into place. So it's not like you got to be on at 8, 8.30, 9, 9.30. But if you walk into the door and you've given everything that you've got to give and you and your wife and your kids, have, there's nothing left for them, like that is when the wife feels like, why do I get all the leftovers? But if, for the, if they're the first hour, and, and talk to your spouse about this and kind of figure out what is that time frame. For us, Andrea's up for the most part and out the door before I'm even up most of the time because she has to get to school. But maybe for your family, it's that hour before everybody leaves the house as opposed to the hour you get home. But figure out what works best for you. And in that time, say, okay, wife, spouse, I want to make sure that you're getting my maximum effort. So I don't get off work at 5. I actually get off work at 6. But an hour of my job is at home giving you my best. Is that so let, me, let me put it in, in these terms for just a second. I know that it doesn't seem this way or feel this way. But when you constantly choose your work, right, I'm going to stay late, it makes me feel devalued, okay, 
because you're not hurrying home, right? You might think, oh, it's just one more hour at work, and I'm getting, you know, important things done. But for a wife, it reads as, well, he values his job more than he values me. I never get to the game late. Right. I leave two hours early. Oh, my goodness, right? So speaking of games, if it feels like you're constantly um, prioritizing your hobbies, okay, I feel devalued. It's not that you can't ever go play basketball or that you can't um, go to the, you know, Louisville game. But if that seems to be uh, where your passion is and what you're trying to always create time for, I feel devalued, okay? And here's, here's what's so cool about this principle. Last week, we talked about building your man up, complimenting him, appreciating him, telling the things, um, telling him, that, you know, all of the things that he's doing well. For your wife, for your woman, okay, you have all the power to add value to her, okay? So if you want an, an, an incredible godly wife, I feel like, husbands, you have the ability to either appreciate her or depreciate her, okay? So here's what I would say. As you appreciate us, we appreciate. Does that make sense? Okay? I become more valuable. (laughs) I become more valuable. um, The more that you appreciate, I appreciate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So our last one. You ready for this? So we've said, let's just recap because, guys, we're kind of slow. So (laughs) putting forth real effort in listening, not fixing, but listening. And figuring out that sweet spot of time that my wife could feel like she needs my best effort. I'm giving her that best effort. That's right. Okay. So here's the last one. And this is, this is probably, um, I would say, the hardest one to articulate. It's not enough that you provide for me. I want you to lead me. And the reality is we want you to step up. We want you to lead. We want you to be the driving force behind what is happening in our family unit. And I think that this plays out most significantly in a spiritual um, aspect. You, you can be the leader in your finances, in the decision-making, and um, all of those kinds of areas, and that's important, that's, that's beneficial as well. But what I'm, what I'm saying is your wife wants you to be the spiritual leader. She wants you to be the one who is getting the family up on Sunday mornings and making the decision to get them to church. She wants to be uh, seeing you uh, praying or reading your Bible or taking initiative to, to teach kids what, what the Bible has to say, those kinds of areas. Um, and I think that this can feel awkward yeah. for, for men at times, like we've even talked about Well, this. it's more than, more than just being awkward. It's frustrating because we, the statement is, you know, I appreciate that you provide for me. As a man, the most fulfilling thing that I can do is for my wife to go, man, my husband's provided for me. Look at this house. Look at this car. Look at this vacation. Look at my kids in private school. So it's cliche, but what happens when you get in that knockdown, drag out fight? What does the guy go to? I work my butt off so that you can have all this nice stuff, right? That's what, I mean, it may be a movie or a TV show, but that's kind of how it works, right? I mean, I'm busting my tail. You're getting on to me. You're nagging me, but I mean, you didn't mind when, you know, whatever, okay? Bought that, whatever. So we feel like, what are you talking about? I'm busting my butt to provide for you. And you're saying, thank you. I'm not trying to devalue how you provide for me. That's great. Like, I'm glad that you're not a bum that I got to kick out the door to go to work. But that's not the most important thing for me. I know you appreciate bigger TVs and nicer cars, and I do too in the sense, but like, more than providing for me. Right. Because that's our trophy. As a man, that is our trophy. 
We talked about this last week. So I, I want to feel like I'm the man. Look at all this stuff I accumulated. You're saying I would trade all the stuff for a good leading man, a Come leading on. man, yes. right? Absolutely. And I think that we, we know that women want stability, right? So more money in the, the bank account makes us feel stable. More groceries in the pantry makes us feel stable. But at the end of the day, a, a man who is stepping up and leading his family is the most attractive quality that a man can have. By far, absolutely, hands down. And I don't want to feel like I'm the one who has to guilt you into going to church or I'm the one who has to, you know, always be putting the idea in your head, um, you know, fill in the blank for whatever, whatever spiritual. Okay, so here's the struggle. Okay. All right. The struggle Just being is being honest with you. Yes. I'm a pastor. Okay. So wives are listening to you say this right now or men are listening to you say this and go, must be nice to talk about spiritual leadership. You're married to a pastor. Right. So, but I would even admit up here today that it's it's still awkward for you and I to pray together. Right. I can pray with anybody in the world. Be like, hey, let's pray about that. Come on, let's pray. But if you and I go to pray, I'm like, um, uh, it's just awkward. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? I don't understand. I don't know if it's my ego, if it's if it's like just a, a an insecurity thing. Here, here's the point I'm trying to make though. Is like I'm very comfortable in spiritual areas. Okay. You know. Uh, a lot of it's because I saw my dad do that. A lot of it is the job that I have. What about the guy who's here who says, okay, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm following Jesus, but I struggle to read the Bible. I don't even really pray out loud. You're asking me to be the spiritual leader of my home, right. and I don't even feel like I'm that spiritual. Sure. Because we've got a lot of those guys here. Like, they are trying. Absolutely. or maybe, But, like, I, and I think the biggest thing is, like, just making it more public. Yeah. You don't have to have the answers, guys, but just have a conversation with your wife. Like, you know, I, I, I'm struggling with this about God or like just even yes. talking about those things. Or yes. you don't have to read a ton of the Bible, but you say, you've said this before. When you come downstairs and you see that I, my, my Bible's open on the kitchen table. Oh, my goodness. Like it's like that, that's attractive in Absolutely. a way, but it also makes you feel good. Now, I'm not, now guys, I'm not saying don't read it and just leave it open when you go out the door. Like, <laughs> She's going to work. see. You know, but that would work if you want to do that. But, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's little things. It's just little things. It's asking me what you know. Um, or is there is there anything I can be praying about? You know, like it doesn't even have to be super public. But if you're having the conversations, like you said, you know, um, I, I think that that that's a move in the right. You don't direction. have to have all the answers to your wife's Bible questions. Right. You know, you don't have to be this incredibly eloquent out loud prayer but like what what if you did this guys and, and some of you may do this because here's what i've found is it's easier as a dad yeah to be a leader to my kids than it is to be a leader to my wife maybe it's because she's seen me in my weak moments maybe it's because you know the faults about me that nobody else knows but like i have no problem grabbing my kids before bedtime and saying okay we're gonna pray and i think most guys are like that you pray with your kids before bed and you don't think twice about it but what would happen if you just included mom in that and say okay as a family before we go up to bed are there any prayer requests? Yeah. What are we praying about? It's going to be real hard for you to mess it up. I'm just yeah. telling you. Like any, this is like minimal effort will have maximum, you know, yeah. output. You every, know what I'm saying? Every feminist in the room is going to be angry at what we're about to say. But we've never seen it not work. There is something in the DNA of how God made us. That when a man says, I'm going to spiritually lead, yeah. I've, I've never ever 
seen the wife go, nah. I've never seen the man go, we're going to, spiritually, we're going to do this. And the wife's like, no, I'm not interested. I've prayed for hundreds of men whose wives come to church without them, and they're desperate to get them here. I've never prayed with a man who can't get his wife to come to church, ever. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen because I know it does. I've just never experienced that. And so if you, guy, will take the lead in any way that you can, just any small way, and just own the awkwardness and be like, okay, Jason and Andrea talked about this. (laughs) This is going to be awful, but I'll pray, you know, and and just own it. She's going to be so attracted to that and fall in line with that so much. You're not minimizing who she is, okay? But what we see so many times is the lady dragging the man dragging the man along and it's exhausting yeah so man we're asking you to lead and when you do everything kind of falls into place yeah and i think that probably the biggest struggle with any one of these areas is that for a man just because i've heard my husband say this not because i know but you can do it right for so long right and you can think but i was given you know a hundred percent and then a week later she's, you know, feeling like her tank is kind of low and you've got to, you've got to recharge that. You've got to put, pour value back into her. You've got to figure out a way to, you know, it's, it's not, um, it, it doesn't have maybe the shelf life that a, that a husband would want it to have. Yeah. Is that a fair way to say it's that? It's easy for, it's easy for a wife to store up goodwill with a man, but it feels like as a man, like your goodwill savings account resets every day. <laughs> So it's like, I could have yeah. 14 good days, but if day 15 was bad, it's like, I'm terrible. You, you know what can I mean? never out-compliment your wife. Yep. You can never overfill her love tank. You can never do more than enough to, to add that value to her. She is soaking it up and, and appreciates it and craves it every single day. Every single day. But there are huge rewards, I'm just telling you. Huge rewards if you're willing to put in um, the effort in that direction. Has this been helpful to you guys at all? What do you think? All? Are we, are we feeling good? good? You feeling good? Okay. Solid. Hopefully it has been. Uh, wives are just more, man, you guys are just so confusing sometimes. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, anyway, okay, so we have cards on the way out today that we want every married couple to take. And uh, I'll let you go over these questions, but these are the, hopefully these cards have gotten some good conversations started. They probably started some fights too, but every <laughs> week we've given you these cards and, and hopefully these have been helpful to you. We want you to talk about which of these um, applies to you the most. Wives, share with your husbands, okay? Is it my biggest fear is that you won't find me interesting? Is it I feel like everyone else gets the best of you, I get what's left of you? Or is it I really, I really want you to step up and lead? I really want you um, to take that that position. We so, say this every week. Ask the question and shut up. Yeah. If they say they feel that way, it's legitimate because you're asking them how they feel. Yeah. So they don't, how do you feel? Well, I feel, well, that's not true. Yeah. That's how they feel. And if we didn't cover something today that you feel like this is your, this is like your free pass. This is your chance to say what I was hoping that they were going to say today is this. And I've just been too afraid um, to to convey that or to share that with you. This is your chance to kind of sneak, to sneak that one in. We also want you to compliment your husbands. We heard last week that they love to be built up. So find an area where he is adding value to you. Find um, the ways that, that really maybe are the most meaningful Okay, like we talked about, if it is putting air in your tires, you need to praise him for that. Good job, right. babe. Thanks so much. I love it. You, I feel loved because you were taking care of me, right? Um, so compliment him. Find a couple of ways to, to, to share that. And then 
Tell him what it is that makes you feel the most valued. Okay? That's you know, it. You just made me think of that with Aaron's tires. But uh, <laughs> yesterday, the battery went out in our van. Yes, it did. And so I woke up before everybody else, went and took the van down to AutoZone because they'll <laughs> put it in for free and I don't have the tools. And so, uh, so yeah, I don't have a wrench. So anyway, <laughs> I take it down to AutoZone, put a new battery in the car. Filled it up. Filled up the gas. Yes. I thought when I came home and walked through the door that there would be a parade <laughs> set up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I knew there wouldn't be, but I thought, like, I just took care of the family today. You know what I'm saying? And you made breakfast. I did make breakfast. Oh, but, my goodness. Like, that's just not, like, you appreciate it. Yes, Don't I get do. me wrong. You appreciate right. it. Right. But that's not, that's not what makes you feel most love. Right. And I've got to do the things, and I'll feel love when I give love the way you feel most loved, right. and it's just hard, it's just exhausting, <laughs> and hard work, and it does, I mean, you know, it does seem harder right. on my side, but I'm sure it seems harder on your side, so we'll, you know, whatever, so next week, we're going to talk about fighting. Oh my, be good. <laughs> this has been so good for us, hasn't it? I, know, I don't know if it's like a spiritual <laughs> attack, or we oh just have hit like a 10-year bump. We have fought more during the prep for this yes, series. Yes, we have. <laughs> I'm serious. We have never fought more in our lives. And uh, we were supposed to record the w midweek podcast the other night, and I was like, we're not recording it because, I mean, we're not, we're not in a good place right now. This is not <laughs> – we're going to have to take 24 hours. Come on. Because it's not – so um, – but I hope this has been helpful. There's a lot of people who aren't here today. We're going to put this podcast up, put the video up, spread the word on that. Um, but, guys, let's just put in the effort. Let's stop being lazy. I know it's hard work. But let's put in the effort, and, and wives will always appreciate the effort, okay? Can we pray? Come on, let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you made us male and female. You brought us together, and it can be confusing sometimes, and it can, we can struggle with all sorts of things. But God, when we, kinda, when we do it the way that you laid out for us in the Bible and the Word, God, yeah. then... And everything seems to kind of fall into place. So I pray for every man in the room today, God. I pray for every husband in the room that they would be the leader that you have equipped them to be. You've put it inside of them. The DNA is in there. The gifting is in there for them to be the husband and the man that you've called them to be. That you desire for them to be. No more excuses, God. I pray that as conversations are had and questions are asked, God, that the man would put, to, put away his insecurities and own his responsibility, that wives would say what they need to say with grace. But God, I just pray that this would be a church filled with men and husbands who are leading well, putting in the effort that their wives are asking of them to, to, to be the husbands that they need to be. God, we can't do it without your help. We've got to have your help, God. So give us the grace every day to be that man to be that man. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. You know, it's been kind of crazy during this series we've been preaching on marriage, not really about knowing Jesus, and every week it seems like people are giving their life to Jesus Christ, which is just shows that the Holy Spirit is the one who does that. But you're here today maybe, and, and you say, Jason, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I can't even really explain what I'm feeling right now, but I feel like I'm supposed to give my life to Jesus Christ confess my sins and give my life to him. We're not going to embarrass you or make you stand up or come down front or anything like that, I promise. We're going to pray a simple prayer together. But 
while nobody's looking around, if that's you and you would say, Jason, I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ. I'm ready to live for him. Would you just lift your hand and make eye contact with me and say, yeah, Jason, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I'm ready to live for him, follow him, tired of doing it my way, ready to live for Jesus. Just a few more moments. Anybody, you'd say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. All right, everybody stand up with me this morning, if you would. Man, it has been cold. It's been one of those weeks this week, you know, I don't know about you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my kids, but come on, let's get out of that. Let's go, you know, and uh, it's just been one of those weeks. And, and the main reason that we wanted to have church today, we could have canceled. Matter of fact, our staff worked so hard this week. I'm so proud of our staff, how hard they worked to be ready in case we canceled to provide service for you online and worked so hard. But the main reason we wanted to come together today was so that we could sing and worship and talk to one another and feel that like that breath of fresh air that comes from being in God's presence, that comes from the spirit of God kind of being with us in the presence of God. And, and so the, the band's going to lead us just for a few more moments. We've already done this. We've had a full service today. But can we just maybe take the last two or three minutes or four minutes here and just kind of let the Holy Spirit refill our tank a little bit. You've been home with kids, you're, you're, you're empty. You've been driving on icy roads, you're empty. You've been swerving and, and scooping and clearing driving, you're empty. Let's let the Holy Spirit, just for another two or three minutes, just let us breathe in some of that fresh air that comes from him, that fills up our soul. Let's sing this out together, and then Corey's going to be up here in just a few minutes to close us out, all right? Come on, let's do this together.